Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. I'm Jason Stein, publisher of Automotive News, and this is Daily Drive for Wednesday, March 31st. Step back a decade and imagine the change that has taken place in automotive, not only in the way vehicles are brought to market, but how much has changed with respect to digital retailing and even how auctions perform. Even in the last year, think of the people side of the business and how much it's been disrupted, not only in skill sets required, but where people work and how they work. Janet Barnard has had a front row seat for so much of it, and her career path wasn't necessarily intended to be automotive related. Barnard's career at Cox has spanned more than 15 years. She was general manager of several regions at Cox Communications before being named president of the auction giant Mannheim in 2014. She led Mannheim through a $400 million investment in technology and infrastructure, which has been credited as setting the foundation for its move to digital operations. In 2017, Janet switched to the people side of the business, closing out her Cox career as the brand's chief people officer. What a world of change she has seen, from the advancement on the auction side of the business to all of the recent upheaval related to COVID and the world of HR. In June, she will retire from Cox. It's been a fulfilling career. Barnard has twice been named to Automotive News' list of the 100 leading women in the North American auto industry. To talk about her career, the close of this Cox chapter, we've reached Janet in Atlanta, Georgia. It's always good to talk to my friend, Janet Barnard. How are you? I'm doing well. I can't believe we're already through almost through the first quarter of, the, of a new year. The first quarter of a new year and the next chapter of a life for you. <laughs> Let's start off by saying congratulations on the news that you are indeed um, pursuing a new path, uh, your own path. Retirement, they call it, Janet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still getting used to that word, and I'm not sure exactly what that uh, that looks like for me. I know it won't be sitting at home all day. (laughs) Well, well, let's let's start with that. What what are you thinking in your post uh, Cox automotive life? Yeah, well, you know, look, in in a decade in the in the automotive industry now, which I can't believe I'm saying that either. It's been that long. I uh, have really grown to love the industry and the people in it. Um, I will always be an advocate for the industry and for Cox and all the all the people involved. And um, so, you know, I, I've never had more knowledge and more experience than I have now. Um, I would love to find a way to use that in some broader fashion, be that, you know, in social causes or perhaps in the causes of the industry um, or business generally. I love business, have, have loved it my entire career, uh, have loved the intricacies of the automotive industry and, and you know, the opportunities that still lie ahead. So, um, I mean, bottom line, I'm still sorting it out, but I'd like to remain active. So let's talk about those 10 years. And certainly, you know, your time at Mannheim was an influential piece of that. Boy, that business has changed <laughs> Given, and, and in the last 12 months. Give me your, your um, I, I guess, o- overview, quick analysis of how much has changed in, in the decade that you've been involved in the, in the car business. 
Yeah. Um, you know, uh, obviously, to your point, in the last uh, year to 18 months, we've seen, you know, hockey stick kind of changes, right? Going from roughly 50% digital sales to to literally 100% for a period of time during lockdowns. Um, you know, and now we're hovering around the 80% range and really don't anticipate that's going to go back. Um, and we've spent the last decade um, investing in the technologies to enable it. Um, I still remember, you know, one of the, the first winter I started in December and the first winter I started to hear about, you know, it snowed in Pennsylvania. So we canceled the sale. And I said, what? <laughs> you don't, you don't close your doors just, you know, when you're, when you're selling things just because of the weather. And so, you know, that was the first time we set up, we had, we had enough technology at the time to set up sort of a buddy system. And we started to pair up Orlando with Pennsylvania you know, so that Orlando could host a sale um, virtually. Little did we know that um, all the investments we've made in a in a new platform to enable this um, fully a year ago would be so so um, critical to the ongoing operations of our business during this pandemic. Um, so clearly, lots of change in technology process and and people too in terms of the skill sets needed um you know the world's much more ambiguous and we we do need people that can think beyond their individual silos and can look at trends internally and externally and synthesize those into actions that are meaningful for the business um but i will say with with all that said i think we're going to see a lot more change in the next 10 than we have in the last 10 that's my my Janet's prognostication. <laughs> I couldn't imagine it, you're sitting in your former role as president of Mannheim, and then COVID hits. Uh, after all of the talk of really wanting to move to a, a more digital future, the fact that the industry responded in the way that it did is frankly fairly remarkable. Can you? It really is. I mean, literally in a weekend, um, we all moved to a hundred percent digital selling and. I know we even surprised ourselves um, and not just hundred percent digital selling, but hundred percent remote working at the same time um, for the safety of our people. And um, I, I mean, I, I tend to be one who, who likes to, you know, kind of be bold and push the envelope on things and try new things. And um, so this giant experiment that we had, I think has worked better than any of us anticipated um, I mean, with that said, though, um, when we look at our customer satisfaction ratings in, for Mannheim and across Cox Auto, you know, not everyone was thrilled with that outcome um, because we are human beings. We like to see each other face to face. Not all of our clients were necessarily set up to work in a 100% digital world. So there were some of our valued clients that didn't have the experience they wanted and the beauty of this, though, is it's really pointed out where those gaps were. And so we've taken so much away from where we do need to close the gaps. And Grace Wong uses the, the tagline moving from digital possible to digital preferred, which is a great way of summing up the work we have left to do. Your previous um, three and a half years or so as chief people officer, uh, the, the skills needed in this new world 
um, couldn't be more different than what they were back in October of 17 when you first took took the role. How much have you had to adjust in that role? And and maybe give me a bit of an analysis of, of what the world looks like going forward as it relates to human resources. Yes. Um, you know, I, I have really relied heavily on my, you know, just years of leadership and operations background to think about what, what our people need and what we most need from people. Um, and we've, uh, we use the term, um, uh, ambidextrous leadership a lot. And so one aspect that has, has really stood out is we need leaders to be both um, in the exploit mode and the explore mode. So we have to exploit uh, and get the best out of the businesses we run today and the way we run them because that's what pays the bills. Um, while we're asking our leaders to also think about um, what the future holds and what our next big initiative is going to be, what our next white space is where we can grow and serve more clients or serve clients differently. And that's, that's, is re- it's really difficult to find both of those skills in one person. So that's been a big aha for me. And some people can do this really well, and some people are really good at one or the other. And, um, you know, I think we have ways to use all of those combinations of skills, but that exploit and explore combination is really critical. Um, the second thing is um, we, we have to have people that are very good at creating followership. And, um, you know, we use the words change management or change leadership pretty, pretty loosely and broadly. Um, and sometimes in a, in a corporate environment that gets us into templates and project plans. And I'm talking about something really much bigger than that. And that is the ability of a leader to bring someone along with them or, or a lot of people along with them on a journey when the leader themselves doesn't exactly know the answer and can't perfectly define the destination. And I think that's where our industry is at right now. Um, Because I don't think anybody has a clear view of what 10 years from now looks like in the industry and how much we have to evolve. Um, But we have to be able to create followership. So, you know, we have to pick a path and we have to go. And until new information comes to the table, we have to keep going, even if we're not 100% certain that the data and knowledge that we have is taking us in the right direction. And I would say for, you know, many of us who have a lot of years of experience in leadership or leadership in this industry, that's very uncomfortable. (laughs) Even for the most seasoned person, that's very uncomfortable. We'll hear more from Janet Barnard after this message. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. 
Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory, sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. How did COVID change that view? You know, I think it's, it's changing us right now. And I'll give you a great example I mentioned that we went to 100% remote working, except, of course, for the many essential workers we have who've shown up in our business processing outsourcing centers and our our Mannheim sites, you know, throughout the pandemic, and we're very grateful to them. But for the, the knowledge workers and the corporate workers, we've all been working from home. There's all kinds of um, articles and research being done now on what it will look like when we fling the doors wide open again. Um, and that time is coming nearer, um, fortunately. Um, one of my greatest fears and something we talk about a lot is if we believe that we're going to lead in the way we did before the pandemic, meaning everybody shows up at the office nine to five or, or whatever your day looks like, you know, every day physically, um, that we all have to live in the same place, that we all come to the same place every day. Um, I, I really fear that we're going to miss out on some key talent who has actually worked very effectively for a year or more now, living remotely or working re- remotely. And some of those folks may just decide they don't want to come back to that environment because they've moved closer to their parents to help with the kids or they live in a location they really enjoy and they don't want to move back. Um, It's going to be fascinating to see where people have really scattered to during a 100% remote environment and what that looks like when we come back. I think that's a huge question mark for not just in our industry, but business in general. And related to that, which is, of course, around the theme of work-life balance to some extent, You told us back when we named you a leading woman in the North American auto industry last year that you woke up one day a few years ago saying, you know what, I'm never done. Why do I think that if I stay a few more hours, I'm going to be done? You're never done. So I'm going to get better at work-life balance. Work-life balance has changed completely over the last 12 months, hasn't it? It has, Jason. And I know I'm sure you've experienced personally, I have as well, and, and what we see and hear from our people and, and again, the, the, the research and the networking we do externally is that there is no personal time and work time right now. It's all intermingled. And what we've heard from our people is that they actually like elements of that. So, um, you know, if I'm working from my home and I have to run my child to a dentist appointment, it's easier for me to do that rather than leave the office, go home, pick up my child and go to the dentist. So people have found ways to interlace what they need to do personally with what they need to do professionally. The downside of that, though, has been that it 
does create longer days and clearer, or I'm sorry, less clear demarcations between, between when I'm working and when I'm spending personal time. And I think that psychological impact of being able to interlace work and life more fluidly is still still sort of remains to be seen. I, I've got to say, I'm as I sit here today, I'm not sure on balance if ultimately that's a a healthy thing or or something that's more damaging long term. Um, because what we do see, if we just look at the productivity tools we have in Microsoft Teams and things like that, is that people are quote unquote signed in longer than they've ever been. And that's a little bit of a concern for us. I can only imagine. As you reflect back on your time within the industry, and of course you came over from the communication side of the business, another business that's been hugely challenged in the last uh, in the last decade or so. What what strikes you as as the as the most vivid memory, Janet? Oh wow, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, it's something that I kind of observed from afar a bit when I was working in the communications division at Cox, where I where I kind of grew up. I used to, um, and, and at the time, you know, back then, AutoTrader was very young still, and um, and Mannheim was the business that we had been in for a number of years, and I, I, I probably had more visibility into Mannheim. And I always looked at the, the work and the people and said, you know, those people just get it done. And, and, uh, and when I came into it, I could really see it. And I, I'll say I have never been more proud of our Cox Automotive people, again, our essential workers at Mannheim and in our uh, uh, titling and registration businesses, those people who had to be, quote unquote, on site for the most part through the pandemic. I've never been more proud of their ability to um, to continue to do the work um, under challenging conditions in a very committed and dedicated way. So it's, you know, the whole industry just has very committed people. I, I see how our dealers work, how hard they work, how hard the people at the OEMs work, the lenders, the independent dealers. It's an industry of really committed, mission-driven, hardworking people. And I guess, you know, what's so appealing and so vivid in my mind about that is that um, that's kind of how I was raised back on the farm. <laughs> um, you know, the value of hard work was kind of what your your um, your um, mantra was. And this industry just illustrates that every day. Um, and and it, because this is a tough business, it's complicated. Um, you start at zero every day because it's very transactional and the, just the dedication of our people and, and the people that I see working in our clients, um, businesses is really remarkable. And it, it just speaks to, um, why it's such a huge contributor to the, to the GDP of our country. You mentioned the farm. I I couldn't have you on without talking about the farm and the, the pig farm, correct? Yes. <laughs> you going back to the farm? You know, we visit there often. Um, we have <laughs> uh, we have a little hobby on the side with some cattle back there. We uh, because of the you know the sentimental connection we still own my dad's farm, um, my uh, husband's 
grandparents. We own a portion of their land. This is Nebraska. Landowners back there. So we love to go back there and, and work and visit and get grounded. Um, I've, pro- I've kind of become a city girl, though. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, uh, we probably will flit around a bit. We have a house we love in Florida, too. We've, I, I love the water. Ironically, didn't grow up around it, but I'm in love with it. So um, I think we'll be enjoying kind of multiple environments and we'll always have that connection back to our roots in the Midwest. Well, on a personal note, it's been uh, enjoyable getting to know you uh, through your uh, automotive uh, career and, and also just uh, the, the help that you've provided Automotive News in terms of the leading women effort. And we congratulate you again on your uh, multiple uh, nominations for that award, Janet. Thank you so much, Jason. And it's been nothing but a pleasure to work with you and your team on, on the Leading Women Network and all of the other things that we've done together. And and I just want to say publicly thanks to all of my colleagues at Cox and to our valued clients out there in the world. Um, I have tremendous respect for all of you. Wonderful. Thank you, Janet. Thank you, Jason. Have a great day. We reached Janet Barnhart in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's Daily Drive for Wednesday, March 31st. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And for a library of nearly 300 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. We'll be back Thursday.